2: Welcome into the PHNX Cardinal podcast presented by the DraftKings Sportsbook app, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Don't forget to hit that like button, subscribe, wherever you get your podcast, leave a five-star review. I'm Johnny Venerable, joined by Saul Bookman, live in Mobile, Alabama, for the Reese's Senior Bowl. And we've got my man, Frank Sanders, number 81. Heck yeah, Frank, how we doing, my guy? You're muted, Frank. You want to come off Fantastic. Mute for
0: us? You know, it's It's awesome it's 2022 and my guy frank sanders uh, <laughs> lost his audio and right, now Brock, we're all there no, you go know, my bad my bad there, there we go now there we got go. 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 frank sanders my my all bad, look at you bad, frank coming up <laughs> in the world look at that Technical. he's got
2: us on his tv in the background too man this is big time oh that popped on
1: it's like Ow. inception <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm. I'm inside of matrix. That's where we at. Yeah, it's good to see yep. you guys. Man.
0: Uh, also, good to see brothers. Also, uh, I am not in Mobile anymore. Uh, we made the trek down the highway to back to New Orleans because we leave mm. here tomorrow. And uh, you know, practice was put indoors, so they limited capacity. And unfortunately, we didn't make the cut. That's all right. We uh, we were prepared for that yesterday, so we got some footage for you guys. Looking forward we're
2: excited to, to talk Senior Bowl now that, especially we got Frank on deck. Can, Frank was one. Go ahead.
0: Can I? Can I ask a question real quick? I just, yeah, you know, in the spirit of the combine, I just felt like I should ask this question before we move on. I'm sorry. In, in, uh, in the spirit of the Senior Bowl, Frank. Yeah. When yes. you were at the Senior Bowl, what was the number one thing that you hated that scouts said was your weakness?
1: My speed. Oh. They, had, they, had, they, had, they had no actual film film of my speed because the offense we ran, yeah. I didn't. I mean, it was only it was a two-receiver mm-hmm. offense with one back or well, two backs and a tight end. It was kind of standard pro, a pro set offense. And so anytime I caught balls, it never looked like I was I was having the ability to break away because I was moving the chains. I averaged about 17 plus yards of catch, but it wasn't they never saw my speed. And so that was I didn't, I didn't want to hear that because I thought I was. The guys that I played against, I was running by without a problem. And Johnny, uh, so obviously,
0: since you've never competed in the Combine or, <laughs> or the Senior Bowl, um, what would you say was your weakest trait in terms of your physical skill set if you were to play any sport?
2: I feel like you're gonna dupe me into saying my height, and I'm not gonna go that direction. <laughs> I so I, do that. Oh I, I played high school football all four years, right? Uh, all the five, six. I play. I played running back. I was our, one of our starting running backs. We we ran a ring, wing wingback scheme, so it, it played okay. to my size. I I could hide behind our big offensive linemen, so that was not my issue. Probably lower body power. My legs okay. are kind of chicken based, as my wife likes to tell my <laughs> wife is an avid squatter and so she likes to make fun of my skinny legs. I'm a big proponent of skinny jeans. So I didn't have the lower body power. I did, I think my fastest 40 maybe like a 471. So I could move a little bit, uh little quick okay. bursts of speed. But if anything it would be my lower body power. I'm an upper body guy yeah, as
0: you can tell. <laughs> you know, I, I think for for myself I would I would say you know I, I played I played in high school as well Johnny. I played yeah. quarterback in high school. Uh, nice. I would say that, that I was similar. Like, I just didn't have top-end speed. Like, mm-hmm. at, at least the burst, right? Like, just to get yeah. started. Like, I very much was like, it, it, people would say, you look like you're running on the beach like you're in Baywatch. Like, I had the mm. the slow, mm. like, legs that kind of kicked yourself in the butt kind of run. It was just just not attractive. It's, it's not very appealing. So, uh, mm.
2: yeah. You got, yeah, you probably ran like like Frank's old senior bowl quarterback. What was that, Aaron McNair, when you guys were romping it up in yeah. a wow, that's yeah. that probably
0: a good comp Al- for, for my man Saul. the pride of Alcorn State baby there we go
1: and, hey Alcorn State and Steve McNair when he got there to, to to the senior bowl was absolutely let me just say this here he should have never been there he should have he should never be been there? there oh he was too good to be there yeah. I mean he, he he looked like a man versus boys when it came to the quarterbacks that was there his arm his power his ability to throw the ball and from all angles Along with his speed, he should have never been there, out of doubt. But he got a chance to come, coming from an HBCU or small school, which we call a small school, would have been a situation where he should have never been there because he literally dominated. He, he was the prized possession that was at the Senior Bowl that year compared to all the other players and athletes that was there. No one stood out more than Steve McNair.
2: Well, much to the dismay of our DMVR brothers and sisters, there is no Aaron McNair on display at the Senior Bowl this week. We'll talk more Senior Bowl here in a second, get Saul's takeaways from a busy week, look at some wide receivers. But before we do that, let's talk a little bit of Arizona Cardinals and free agents-to-be. I'm going to skip ahead all the way to March. The folks at Pro Football Focus put together their annual top 100 free agents, and as you can imagine, a good amount of Cardinals made that list. And seven in particular, and folks, when you look at this group, right, I don't think the name surprises, but maybe the ranking in order. Chandler Jones, of course, being the only top 10 in the group, Christian Kirk barely makes the top 50 at number 50. But then you get to guys like Zach Ertz, James Conner, Chase Edmonds, Robert Alford, who we'll talk about here in a second. When you guys look at this list and how it pertains to the NFL landscape, what do you think, in term? What do you think the Cardinals are thinking when it comes to prioritizing this group of players?
0: Well, I think I think this list kind of illustrates uh, reputation more than it does actual ability in some cases. Yeah. Uh, You know, it specifically, and, and I love Chandler Jones, I really do. But the number four overall uh, free agent on the market, I, I just yeah. don't believe that. Uh, not based on the performance of of this year alone. Um, and that's the last thing we had to go off of. So, uh, for Chandler Jones to be at number four, that's that's pretty amazing. Because outside of the very first game of the season, he largely uh, fell short of the expectations that the Arizona Cardinals had for him. So, mm-hmm. I, I don't really like that. I'm actually kind of surprised. And I love Robert Alford, but you know, again, kind of a similar thing where you know it took him a while to bounce back and and get into the flow of things, and he's still banged up here and there. And so, uh, for him to be in the top hundred, that's a little bit of a surprise. But <laughs> Sorry. almost choked on myself. Um, but but he is um, he is a good cornerback and quarterbacks yeah. are obviously a premium in the NFL. So I think those two kind of stood out to me right off the bat.
1: Five of the seven are offense. And when you look at that from that standpoint, when it comes to us and what our offense actually can produce. James Connors played. He played. He played a lot of football. I mean, his stats right now, statistically, I think he should be higher on that on that board in a lot of areas mm-hmm. because he's he's proven to be a guy that has come through the NFL system with coming from Pittsburgh and bringing another attitude and a, and a mentality here. That means he's a mentality changer and a game changer to a lot of offenses. That to me, I, I like about that. Chase Esmond is still young. He hasn't really proved himself yet in the NFL and he hasn't had a starting role. So I'll accept him being on that board. I'm okay with Chandler where he's at because defensive ends are a premium. I don't know about his they I don't are. know about it. I don't know about his salary. As a premium, but I know about his. But what they, what that, they would what they consider to be a premium. Go ahead, Saul.
0: And, and and that's what I'm saying. Is like you know if you're talking about a top ten edge rusher, right in the in the game, right. according yeah. to stats. It, it, to me, it, that's where the, the the stats kind of can mislead you a bit. Is that you know when you when we watch the Cardinals every single game, right? How much of an impact did Chandler have on a lot of those games? And I would say, yeah. uh, for at least 50 to 60% of those games, he had no impact, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like quarterbacks had plenty of time to throw and they were, they were fine in the pocket. So those pressures, while they're definitely a metric you want to try to analyze people by, they can kind of fool you a little bit and, and, and tricky into thinking this is a top end rusher when the production that you got from it might not have met those analytics, at least from a, uh, from a win loss standpoint or even a turnover standpoint.
2: I think it's fair to say, too, it's Chandler Jones, who's reaching the other side of 30. Now he's on the back end of his career, going for one more mega contract. Is he a one-trick pony? Certainly get after the quarterback at times, but he's not somebody that you want out in space, right? His run defense suffered this season. I look at a guy who's way further down on this list, former Arizona Cardinal Hassan Redick, who clocked in, I think, 32, 31. And I mm-hmm. think, goodness, by and large, I think most Cardinal fans would rather bring back Redick, not only because of his ability to speed rush on the outside, but his athleticism, he's in his mid-20s. He's somebody I feel like is is really undervalued. With the Cardinals, I think you hit the nail on the head, Frank. It's like, okay, edge rushers, it's at a premium, right? And if the Cardinals let Chandler Jones go, you better be sure that you have somebody ready to replace him. And so I'm with both of you. I think it's a little bit overvalued, but if you lose him now, it's a huge gap to fill. The biggest one that jumped out to me – in terms of being devalued, I think, is Robert Alford because you think about the Cardinals' past defense with Robert Alford in the lineup and then how it plummeted after the fact, and you were too reliant on Marco Wilson and Byron Murphy. When they lost him, that's when the big game started to come for opposing quarterbacks. I actually put this out on Twitter. I said, you you got to re-sign Robert Alford, especially because Vance Joseph is back in the fold next season, and I think we've got the tweet here. Robert uh, responded with... (laughs) He ain't lying from coming uh, to no, America. No no, 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 Johnny, no, Johnny, no, Johnny. Okay, I'm you got sorry. To say say it. Go ahead say it. <laughs> now. You got to say it the
0: right way. Say it, Johnny. No, he ain't lying. There you go. He ain't lying. He ain't lying.
2: <laughs> we love you, Robert. Uh, and again, he played on the vet minimum last year. I think to get him yeah. back, he's he's comfortable in Arizona. He's comfortable with Vance. Uh, maybe give him a little bit on top, incentivize it. But the Cardinals' secondary was not a problem three-fourths of the way into the season. And I think you bring him back with stability with Marco and Byron, who's now in a contract year. You feel good about your safeties. That way you can then say, okay, I don't have to force a corner pick early in the draft. I can go
1: all front seven because, I, in my opinion,
2: that's where you need to add you know, young, capable talent.
1: When, when you look at the list, I think you go from Zach Erickson being number 60 and, and the bottom you know, one, two, three, Chase. Chase, James, Robert, and Max, they're literally like the bottom five or the, the, on, the other, on the other side of the half of the top 100 guys based upon the stats by pro-performance. Pro yeah. In reality, though, what they mean to us, what are those names and the bottom five of the top 100 players players—as when they hit the franchise market? What do they mean to the Arizona Cardinals and how impactful they could be if, if they came back? You know, and, and I think that's something to look at when you... Really, you know, you got to scour the idea. It's just it's, that's the top 100, mm-hmm. but then there is another top 65 to another 125 players ready, getting ready to get drafted. Yeah, that, that will also offset that 100 in that list of things. Of course, these guys are, are pros, they've already proven themselves to be important pieces in the NFL. But I look at that list and I say the bottom four are offensive guys between Robert, Al- no, excuse me, Robert is defense with Chase and, and James and Max. They were important pieces to the Arizona Cardinals offense and what we were doing and how far we were moving forward in the future.
2: Can I just say something really quick too? When I yes. looked at this list, it's incredibly top heavy to casual fans, but I'm going to tell you definitively, it should tell you that this free agency period, the gold will be mined in the second and third wave of free agency. Look what the Cardinals yeah. did last year, getting James Connor in early April. Do not freak out because the Cardinals didn't overspend on somebody like Von Miller or trade for Devontae Adams, that that top 10 of this list is going to be a lot of fool's gold. Like some team, and no disrespect to Chandler, some team's going to sign Chandler Jones probably for more than he's worth, right? If the Cardinals don't franchise him, And that fan base is going to be excited, and they should be. But then fast forward to the season, and his production may not match that the cardinals yeah. and steve Kime, give them credit last offseason it was one year deal to aj green it was getting mac prater when everybody thought he was devalued like the second and third tier wave of free agency is going to be imperative for this cardinal team cuz i don't i don't see this that that splash move the watt move of last year from this group of free agents i just don't
0: no not at all but i also would say that this is the reason why i didn't jump all over those two running backs in chase edmonds and yeah. james connor i i'm sorry guys but I, i'm sitting here at the senior bowl and i see a lot of talent at the running back position some guys mm-hmm. that are very fluid uh from florida to uh cincinnati and then obviously rashad white from asu local product They 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 look they feel the part they got a good sense about them running backs again like i hate to say it but Running backs are almost a dime a dozen nowadays in the NFL the way that they they come through. And obviously, you got your premier backs. But the premier backs versus the, the other backs that can just get you a couple yards to do the things yeah. that you need to do to, to, to keep the flow going in a, in a game, um, it, it's easily more replaceable than, say, a cornerback or a defensive end uh, because you're not expecting as much, I guess you could say.
1: Yeah. So the only reason why that is that's become the case is because we've devalued them with the idea that they have they're limited in their opportunities. So we've 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 created a system where a starting running backs need we need another running back. That's why Chase is the backup of James. And so, therefore, James will not get the same touches as the guys back in the days used to when they touched the ball. Frank Gore touched it 20, 25, 30 times a game or Emmitt Smith, Barry Sanders. Those guys touched it 35 times, 25 times a game. The money right really? now is on the outside. The money is in the receiver's pockets. Those guys are making 20, 21, 24, 14, 15 million dollars. The running backs are not making that at that level right now. And that's because everyone thinks that they're not as important. Well, the offensive systems have transitioned to the outside. They've devalued so, running backs, yeah. And right. And yeah. so so I, yeah. I agree with you. And I agree with you in that area because the systems right now are so devalued that you don't need a running back. You can put one, two, three guys back there. And we also got again. We got guys that were some some of the receivers asked, what uh hang on. I just for guy's name. Uh receiver Debo for Sanders. Debo Sanders just showed us hey, yep. <laughs> a receiver can yep. do the same thing you do yeah. if you just put yep. him in the right situation. And that's again, yep. they will be devalued more. And I agree with you on that. So I, I saw 100 yep. percent
2: Well, look at the yep. Super Bowl matchup coming up here. I know Joe Mixon's a nice player, and you know, the, the LA Rams have a running back by committee. The star players outside of the quarterbacks, Jamar Chase. T Higgins, Cooper cup, Odell Beckham. I mean that the game is, it's translated to that position. Mm -hmm. I'm with you, Saul. If if we're going to take a young back though, he's got to have some power because the Cardinals desperately missed the games that James was not active because they didn't have somebody to, to convert on, on short yardage. But speaking of the senior Mm -hmm. bowl, or excuse me, the super bowl, the moment we've been waiting for since September is finally here in honor of the big game. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 56, has given new customers 56 to 1 odds on either team. Just bet $5 to get 280 in free bets. If your team wins, if you're not a new customer, you can experience Super Bowl 56 with same-game parlays. Combine multiple bets from the same game for a bigger payout. The more legs you add, the more money you can win. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit, withdraw your cash whenever you want. Again, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Use that promo code PHNX. 21 or over, Arizona only. Gambling problem, call one 800 next STEPS. New customers only. Eligibility restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Well, Saul, I'm happy that you're inside, that you're not getting rained on anymore. But <laughs> I I would like to talk about a position that you, Frank, know a lot about, that being the receiver position. Who impressed you over the last two or three
0: days that maybe could end up with a future home in the Valley? For sure. Yeah, I have three names for you that, that I'm pretty excited about myself. One of them uh, is not a wide receiver. It's a tight end, and we'll get to okay. him in a second. We kind of talked about him a couple days ago um, in Trey McBride. But the first one uh, is from North Dakota State, uh, you know, Christian Watson. Uh, he, was, he was pretty smooth uh, in, in, in relation to a lot of the other prospects, a six foot five, two twelve. You could see his mobility, his agility. Uh, runs yeah. pretty good, precise routes. Um, for six foot five and two twelve, and being, being able to run close to a four, four 40, Um and that four four forty was actually him coming out of high school. Um, wow. So I would expect that to improve. Hopefully, by the time he gets to the combine, I mean, just just really nice route runner. I really liked his game overall. Um, some of the knocks on him were the fact that in in traffic or in congested areas. Um, he 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 tends to what they call alligator arm it a little bit and, and not yeah. come up with big catches. Oh, don't spit out there. Frank. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, you gotta you gotta you gotta come up with some big catches in the NFL, especially in tight spaces. Uh, so that was kind of the knock on him at at North Dakota State, but he thrived at North Dakota State in that offense, and obviously they've won multiple yes. national championships mm-hmm. at the FCS level. Um, I, I just really liked what I saw for him, Frank. When you look at that tape, and, and maybe we can get Leah to run it again. <laughs> What do you see in terms of his 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 fluidness and route running, um, and, and kind of break him down a little bit? Leah, go ahead and ru- run that back again,
1: please. One of the things I like to see out of a D, out of a receiver man is if he drops his weight and how do he comes how do how does he come out and transitions from dropping his weight and then getting back into the into the route, not losing a lot of speed. A six foot five, that's a tall dude. He has a long way to get down. Um, that's that Randy Moss s size. Mm-hmm. And you said four four in high school. That's still impressive. That is a lot to that's. You can't defend that type of height and speed. So, he's one of those guys that you look back, throw the ball up, either back shoulder, throw the ball up, and he has to learn how to use his body in the NFL. But I saw the ability to get it transition out of his out of his break. That is what we need in the NFL. We always talk about that separation. That separation is how fast you can drop your weight. And then get out of your break it in and then and, and then run downhill to the ball or come back to the ball to give your quarterback the best opportunity. So I saw that, that tape. It looks good to me.
0: One of the, the other things
1: that Uh oh, we lose your
2: audio? Can you hear him, Frank? I just lost his audio. We lost your audio, Saul. Saul's gonna work on getting that back. I think To me, I love the emphasis on size at the receiver position for the Arizona Cardinals because really, you know, they went out and and threw a Hail Mary of sorts to A.J. Green last year Mm -hmm. because they were so desperate for size. And, you know, you saw what Antoine Wesley could do late in the season. But to me, with Kyler Murray being undersized, this is a real thing. You have to have big body targets to be able to throw to, and Saul is back now. With, with Sorry about audio. that, guys. No Sorry. worries. Uh, what, I,
0: what I was saying was uh, um, that one of the things I didn't like about what he was doing was he was catching an awful lot of balls with his body instead of his hands, yeah. um, and you can't do that at the NFL, especially when you got guys like Kyler that can that can zing it in there. It'll bounce yeah. right off your pad sometimes. So um, yeah. that was probably one of the other ones that, that – one of the knocks that I would say for, that a offered him.
1: Big guys tend yeah. to struggle with that just a hair, only because they are taller and the light, the, aim, the angle or where the quarterback releases the ball and where they throw that. Big guys are typically wanting to catch the ball at from a basketball standpoint out here, but if it's in that line of sight to them, they just tend to body it up. Something yeah. that Herman Moore did for years. Um, sometimes you watch you watch Randy Moss; he wasn't really catch a real hands catcher a lot, only when they was for goal routes and it was out in that position. It's yeah. just the eye level and eye gauging of it. And sometimes the some taller guys, I've seen it consistently in the NFL, they struggle with that a little bit. But they it also back to that point. It could be a good point in some ways, Saul. If you saw him catch the ball, that he positions his body in the right way where he defended he defended himself against the defensive back.
0: Who else? Yeah, and, uh, yeah so uh, my other takeaway was Romeo Dobbs out of Nevada. Um, in terms of overall athleticism. He's probably the best of the bunch. Uh, I would say he's he's probably going to be this year's Rondale Moore um, mm. from the looks of it. He's just super explosive in and out of his breaks. He absolutely torched a DB yesterday on a Damn. go route because of his stop and go, uh, his, his hitch route that he did. Um, just absolutely murdered him. And he just – he's looked really good all, all, all uh, senior bowl. Uh, again – same kind of knock on him as well in terms of the hands inside, uh, you know, in, in traffic um, and bringing the ball to his body. Like he's, he's got to get a little bit more proficient at that because the great ones, they, they know exactly what to do in tight spaces. They know exactly when to try to catch it in your body to kind of brace for impact or to, you know, catch the ball out away from your body. Um, and then be, you got to be strong with it. Right. And, and these guys, both of the guys that I mentioned, they're a little, you know, they, they struggle a little bit. But I think that that will improve. As the competition improves, um, you yeah. Know, when you get to to this level, especially when you're at, here at the Senior Bowl, you got a lot of guys from Bama, Georgia, you know, some some high reputable places, and uh, you you cannot afford to have those kind of bad habits. So you can tell that those guys are working on that. As they 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 just don't see guys like cornerbacks from Alabama down, you know, in the the Mountain West or at the FCS level. They just don't right, and so. Um, They'll they'll improve, and that's the thing about both these guys that I would say. Development and their ceiling is very, very high because of where they're coming from as well.
2: One thing I love about Romeo is the more targets he got, the more he produced. So against Fresno State this year, he had 19 receptions over 200 yards, and then late in the season against a ranked San Diego State team, nine receptions, 124 yards. The following week after that, he put up a buck 60 against Air Force Production just kept getting better. Now he is
0: listed at six Does he look six two to you? Um, he looked a little smaller than 6'2". Yeah, I'm just that's gonna what say I that. Thought. But but he was a stout six two. Like yeah. Again, if you're if you're gonna again, we just talked about this a little bit. The 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 modifications of, of the modern day offense, and you see Kyle Shanahan and other uh, the the Falcons did it um, to a degree. Uh, was it the Falcons? Yeah, with Cordell Patterson, um, yeah. at, at running back. Um, you're starting to see that a little bit in the NFL. This is the type of player that you could probably do that with, a stout guy that could play receiver and also kind of you know, spotlight a little bit at the running back position. Um, you know, It gives you that flexibility, and that's where I think a lot of these guys are going to have to start going. Um, so when you look at a Rashad White, is he going to be able to be fluid enough to run routes on his own as effectively as these receivers can run in the backfield as running backs? That's, that's the comparison you're trying to make right now.
2: Well, Frank knows how I feel about like finesse receivers. I'm over it. Like I watched Debo Samuel dominate the NFC playoffs. I watched Frank Sanders as a small child dominate the NFL. Like if, I don't care if you're six, four or you're 5'11, six foot. Can you break tackles? Can you get yak yards? Cardinals don't outside of DeAndre Hopkins, you know, uh, and TBD on Rondell Moore staying healthy for 17 games. Like they don't have anybody else that can do that. So I, I'm I'm getting over my stigma of well, he's got to be a certain height. Are they physical players? That's that's almost has to be the theme of the off season, increasing their physicality on both sides of the ball.
1: The crazy thing about that, what you're saying, JV, I agree with you in, in regards. I agree with you, but the idea of that is that fantasy football, pro football, and the analytics behind the game continues to keep us in this rut of doing the exact same thing. That we've been doing for the past, and at what they they call that insanity, right? While we're watching the game change before our eyes, to think that a a running back or running back can be switched out for a receiver is crazy. But Debo Sanders just showed if I got that kind of toughness, let's do it. But not only that, you have to have the mentality of a coach that is willing to change and challenge the norms and say, hey, guess what? If I got to go back to a a wing tee offense to win the damn Super Bowl, then that's what I'll do. But that doesn't bring fantasy points. Is that is the analytics behind that worth it? Is the from the eye, you know how you say that, you know, judging it from the eye, is that worth? Is that is the eye will test? The, will the eye test? Will the fans love that? Is that enough? I don't think that's where we are right now. I think when you see where we are with the Cardinals statistically, we have been, and what K two system produces, he needs more receivers with the ability to move guys in and out and not necessarily care about that and trust his quarterback to make the plays. And that that's kind of where we are to have a coach do something crazy like that. I just, there's very few that was willing to pull that trigger.
2: It's like two years ago in 2020, when all those graphics came out and Kingsbury failed to move Hopkins around the field, right? He he was all on the right side of the field. All of his routes are in the same place. So I'm with you. Even if they get that talent, we talked about it this week, Rondell Moore was not used effectively as the season progressed. He became a gadget player behind the line of scrimmage, a gimmick player. And I think a lot of people feel like maybe it's a mistake to let Christian Kirk go because he could flourish elsewhere and put in a specific role to emphasize his skill set. There is concern about that. But I also just think that
0: go ahead, Saul. But but you're never gonna find that out. Not here, yeah. not with Cliff. You know what I no. mean? Like you know, Christian Kirk can go wherever he wants next. And he might have a, a thousand yard season and seventy-five catches and you know, ten touchdowns. That could very well yeah. happen. But you're never gonna get that here with Cliff. Um, at least not how it stands right now. And that's the other point, you know, and you guys kind of both touched on it. It's like that's going to be the flavor of the month next month or in the, in the next draft. You just know yeah. it is people are going to Debo. try to find that. Debo Samuel. Debo. Type. Yeah, but you can't find Debo. Debo Samuel is not going to be as effective um, as he is with the San Francisco 49ers in a Cardinals uniform. He just well won't said. be because the offenses are completely different. The schemes are completely different. So you have to, this is my thing about Cliff Kingsbury is you got to curtail your offense to best suit your players. That's what Kyle Shanahan is almost the best in the NFL at, something that Cliff is struggling with. You've got to build your system around the players that you have, not the players that you hope you have.
2: Yeah. Now, nah, it's, it's it's well said, and I think it's a point of frustration for fans that why they, at certain times, can't get excited about this offseason. It's like, what more can they do, right? We thought they went all in last year, and we saw
0: how they finished. Uh, so, any
2: any final thoughts from from the senior vote before we move on to
0: topic three? No, the the last thought I have is that uh, again, if you know, we saw Zach Ertz on that last graphic that you showed about the top one hundred free agents, he was on that list. We'd love to have him back. Obviously, Cardinals fans really loved what he brought to the table, um, but uh, unfortunately, if he should leave. Uh, I, I just, I'm a big Trey McBride fan, fan. again, I just think he gives you a lot of flexibility. He's strong. He's stout at the point of attack. He's good in the run game. He can catch the ball in traffic. Uh, he's one of the quicker tight ends in this year's draft. He's the top rated overall draft, uh, uh, tight end in the draft. And I mean, he he might be there in round two. And if, and if he should fall to you at 46, or I think 47, one of those two picks that they have in round two, you got to take it. Or I think mm-hmm. I'm sorry, 55, right? Is it 55? 58. Uh, 58, yeah. So if he mm-hmm. drops that far to you there, you got to take him because he's yep. he's he's a George Kittle type, I think, in, in my estimation. He's just a solid overall prospect at the tight end position, and that gives you a little bit more flexibility because you know Max Williams showed last year that you know if you can if you can pass block and then be effective enough in the passing game, I'm sorry, run block and then be effective enough in the passing game it opens up everything for you. It opens Mm -hmm. up everything. And so Trey McBride is definitely fitting that mold.
2: They need multiple capable tight ends. That's for sure. He'd be a great addition. Frank, by the way, do you remember your senior bowl line from back from
1: 1995? Offensive line?
2: No. No, no, no. Your line for the day. What'd you have? How many catches? How many yards? Oh. mm, I couldn't find it on the internet.
1: That's why I'm asking you. I think I had five catches for someone between 78 yards, I think. I just I know I led both sides of the of the of the teams with the most catches for a receiver in that game. I do remember. Did you win? Did you win the game? Uh, That I still don't remember. I don't. I don't remember. (laughs) I don't. I was just ready to get to the party, man. I I had a hip. I had a hip point. I had a hip flex. I had a hip point in that moment. Hip pointer in that moment. Somewhere about the second quarter, I caught a ball, got ready to run, and my hip pointer kind of got jacked up. And I was done after that. But look at this. I mean. I know, right? It's a I
2: found this on eBay. It's for sale for uh, $16. It sold, so it's increased fourfold. It was on sale for four bucks back in 1995. Frank, why the mm-hmm. hell aren't you on this cover? Because when I searched for this program, really your name came up in the title. So people knew what was up that Frank Sanders was a part yeah. of this 1995 program. But my man <laughs> and his Auburn Tigers were not
1: on the cover we got some other quality no we got we got, we got two right there we got two we got two Auburn Tigers there's Brian Robinson I think that's Brian Robinson nope that's not that's Brian Robinson on the top right and Stan White on the bottom right that was your corner. quarterback at Auburn that was yep. my quarterback yeah and there's uh, Sean Alexander uh look if you get a chance to go to the senior bowl it's pretty it's pretty spectacular you get it's a chance cool. kind of you, you get a chance kind of actually see where you are if you if you're a team that's what's What's the top conference in the country? The SEC, SEC, right? And if you get a chance to come to the Senior Bowl, which is in Mobile, and typically they try to they try to garnish most of the guys from the SEC to come in and play, of course they move around the country and grab a couple more guys, but you get a chance to kind of test yourself and test your skill set against those guys. And I think that's when you look at it. That's the Senior Bowl is all about. I wasn't going to go to the Senior Bowl because I thought that, you know, my conference, they told me I was going to be either the top first in the Lower first round draft pick or the late or early second, and I was like, oh, I wasn't sure if I was gonna go." But every time I got a chance, I wanted I wanted to prove to myself, you know, against the other guys that was out there that that you know that was around the country. If you were from Colorado and you had just won, a, you know, the big Big Eight, or you know, or if you was from Michigan, I want I want to give myself a chance to play against you guys because that's basically what it was. Question, Saul, what was the energy like when you was watching the one on ones? Were the guys all? You know, chest bumping, the <laughs> defense guys, let's uh, go. Was it, what was the coaches uh, like when they were yelling back uh, and forth it, and it was, screaming? It, oh, yeah, it was
0: intense. It was like, hey, we ain't here to F around, man. Let's go. Like, they were they was getting after it. Dudes were getting put on their backs. Um, I, I, If you didn't get to watch the coverage today, there was a mm-hmm. – I forgot what the running back is from, from – or the tight end from Alabama, I think. Um, he had – he got he abused. And so he wanted to go again. And then the second time he went up against the the lineman, uh, he absolutely murdered him, and it was right. just like everybody was getting hyped up, and they were like, you know, and you could feel the energy there. The only thing yeah. I would say about about this, and and I'm not trying to disrespect anybody at the Senior Bowl, I appreciate what they've done, how they try to put this. It's a good event. Um, why is everything so damn wet all the time <laughs> everywhere? They I can't mean, control that. Are you thinking like- Airbnb, Put it in a dome. Like, <laughs> even, in a dome. Even, the Airbnb, even the Airbnb that we're staying in, it was just like damp everywhere. Like, I'm like oh, oh my God. Uh, oh, this is humidity. gross. It's just uh, you nasty. Got- like, you ever, like, you ever just like go wipe your face with a towel and it's already wet? You're like, what the fuck is going on? Like, I don't even understand the that South. Like, why humidity. is the humidity- why is it like this? It doesn't make that sense. Is the humidity. Outside, outside here in New Orleans it smells like like it smells like fantastic food and like yeah. lost dreams. I don't know no, what's going nice. on here that's in nice. New he Orleans. It's dreams. just terrible.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that humidity will change your culture, your attitude, your I haven't 100%. had to put lotion on for a week. <laughs>
2: <laughs> the weather tonight well, calls for what, says Mr. Diefenbach yes, in the yeah. chat. Well, they're already moving, uh, supposedly, the NFL Combine after this year from Indy to L.A. The next movement wow. may, may, may be getting the Senior Bowl. It should, be in, it should be in awesome. Arizona. It should be in Arizona. Right time. now, this
0: time of the year, it's perfect.
2: Yes, that would be great. So we'll see yeah. if we can make that happen. We don't have much pull for go. that. But what we do have something to discuss and, and highlight today is PHNX. Rising, our new T-shirt, by the way, is on the PHNX locker right now. It is my new flipping favorite T-shirt. I'm going to order one today. We talked about it earlier. Leah, do we have a graphic for PHNX Rising? There it is. Podcast Rising. Getting things started. Love it. Saul, I'm excited about it, my man. You were keeping the secret kind of under wraps. And then the the public and, you know, some of us here in the company, we didn't know until today. We're excited. I'm excited.
1: Love it.
0: Yeah, yeah, it was uh, it was fantastic, man. This is this has been this has been a couple months in the in the making since October. Uh, you know, we worked together, we you know, we reached out to to the Phoenix Rising folks, talked to them about, you know, what they do and how they do it and who we should talk to in terms of the fan base. Yeah. Um, and we got a hold of like Los Bandidos and Union 602, um, those two fan bases and there's a lot of others as well but they may, mainly are in the South part of the stadium and they have their own section. They like the smoke and it's just, it's a fantastic environment. Um, the people at Phoenix rising couldn't have been more supportive. They've been all about this endeavor. We let, let's just say what it is. We will be the only outlet in town that is absolutely 100% dedicated to covering the Phoenix rising the way they deserve to be covered It wow. point blank. That's just what it is. Nobody else will give you that kind of coverage. Nobody else will give you that kind of coverage. So it's uh it's fantastic. I'm so excited about the community already supporting this. They were thirsty for it. There's, there's yeah. people on Twitter that said, well, once you guys get rising, then we'll subscribe. They subscribe today. Uh, and That's They're awesome. buying their shirts. It's just fantastic, <laughs> man. So again, it's just another thing that we're adding to this pH and uh, family. And uh, we, we are just so happy to have them on board because soccer deserves to be represented. Uh, football, if you want to call it, And uh, it's just, uh, it's one of the world's most popular sports. So let's get after it, man.
2: Uh, I am putting, if I can, the link in the chat. Check out that PHNX Locker new t-shirt for the Rise, the Rise t-shirt for the Rising. Black, sharp, can't wait to rock it on PHNX programming. Mm -hmm. Uh, So much good stuff uh, coming from that podcast, the debut podcast tonight, 6 p.m. Tonight at 6 o'clock, yeah.
1: PHNX. Okay.
2: All right. So, gentlemen, last segment for today. Uh, We're going to play a little bit. We're going to play a game, okay? Okay. Because we're talking about free agency. Cardinals don't have a ton of cap space, right? But that's okay because you can make moves, you can maneuver, free up some room. There are three players on the roster. When you go to overthecap.com, you see a couple robust salaries that may not fit the Cardinals' plans in 2022. So, I'm going to pose a question to you Who should the Cardinals opt to keep? cut or restruck it's going to be a new game that we play here keep cut or restruck let's see if i have the graphic here there i do jordan phillips my man big nine big number 97 he's due 13.3 million dollars next year devon Kennard, backup rotational outside linebacker hasn't lived up to the hype do nine million and then my guy justin Pugh, who took a pick cut last year he's due 11 million bar barring you know outside noise he is under contract he he is part of the team right now. He's not a free agent, eleven million, but he does start on the left side. So, Mr. Sanders, I'll kick it off with you. Who should the Cardinals keep? Who should they cut? Or and who should they restructure?
1: The Cardinals need to keep Jordan Phillips, uh, despite his performance. Uh, I think that the, the sickness and COVID kind of got to him a little bit. I th- we still need a defensive line. There's, he's not somebody who just can go get. Uh, defensive fat guys in the front and in the middle. <laughs> if he's healthy, if guys are, if guys are healthy, then you need a guy that can get in the middle and kind of create habit. That's I just, you need a big guy like that. And I don't know if we can 13 means a lot of bread, but I mean, that's not, that's not, that's not too much because apparently they pay him on his performance of what they thought he would be able to do. Yeah. Uh, D- Devon Canard. I-, I think that this situation does not fit him. It was a great homecoming to the Cardinals in regards to being here, his dad, yeah. his family, he grew up here. That's great, but I just don't think the system the system fits him right now. And then maybe we need to restructure. I could flip the conversation between restructuring both the two guys, the two guys. But we need to restructure Justin Pugh only because from the standpoint that he's a he's a multi talented guy. He can go from guard to tackle. Wasn't performance wasn't great. This in some parts he did step in in the roles that he wasn't supposed to be the start anyway. But guess what? If we can restructure him, it might it might open up some more cap space and some other things.
0: Yeah, I'm kind of going the opposite of what Frank said. Um, I am definitely going to keep Justin Pugh. Um, I just feel like from a consistency standpoint, I think he's more consistent than Jordan Phillips. And that's a high dollar amount that you're going to pay Jordan Phillips. So I'm going to restructure him. And I agree with Frank. I I would cut Devon Kennard. Um, He shows, you know, some flashes here and there, but $9 million for that kind of production. I just, it's, that's a, that's a hard one for me to swallow. Um, Jordan Phillips, at least gives you when he's in there, he gives you some good work, but yeah. you know, it's, it's a little hard to get him in there, especially this last year. So if we restructure that, get that number a little bit down so we can afford maybe some backup help in case he does come out again. Uh, that'd be great.
2: Yeah. You know, I'm with you. I, you can never have too many defensive linemen. I just think that whole Jordan Phillips signing it's it. I don't want to use the word toxic, but like nothing good has come from it. And he's been absent for all these training camps. He's just not, you just can't count on him as a player. So I'm going to cut him. I'm gutting that defensive line this offseason. I'm bringing in new talent, and I'm taking that money, and I'm allocating it elsewhere, and I'm letting J.J. Watt and Zach Allen lead that group in 2022. I'm going to restructure Devon Kennard, and here's why. To me, okay, is he what they expected? No. Has he been disappointing? Yes. But he's available. And that I can't say that enough about Jordan Phillips. At least Devon Kennard, every Sunday you feel like, okay, if you need to tap in, him for a couple plays, you can cut his salary down, make it incentive-based, have his base be somewhere in the neighborhood of $3 million if he would take it. If not, cut him too. But he's somebody I'd restructure. And then isn't it funny, like everybody wanted Justin Pugh gone like two years ago, and he's been really their most consistent guard on the roster. Max Williams or Max Garcia is a free agent. You don't have that position filled on the on the right side. So you cannot have two glaring holes at guard, although I do think they're going to try to upgrade in the draft and free agency. Give Justin Pugh his salary. Uh, there is not enough quality offensive line play. We've seen it in the NFL to expose Kyler Murray. So I, I feel if, if Justin Pugh is your left guard next season, you know, I feel comfortable with that. So I am, I'm keeping Justin Pugh at 11 million. I don't think that's what they will do. I think there's a good chance all three of these guys see their salary slash, but yeah, for, this, for the sake of our game, you yeah. know, they Definitely. need to free up some dollars. Jalen Blair said in the chat, say, cut, cut, cut. Didn't even
1: matter. I think
2: you're on to something, my man.
1: <laughs> like, Jay wrong, cut, cut, cut.
2: <laughs> Mark's asking, is it too late to cut Cliff Kingsbury? He's the problem. Yes, Mark. Uh, Much me- of the fan base feels that same way, but we've reached February now. It is way too late. I mean, Justin <laughs> Pugh needs to take another pay cut. I think he will, and I. but I do think he's on the team. Because um, yeah. they almost cut him last year, and they cut his salary, I think, to like $5 million. And he's just a solid player, right? Not everybody can be pro bowlers, but what you can't have, liabilities, right? We've seen that with teams. Like when your offensive line is a sieve, you're in trouble. Um, So good stuff there, guys. Real quick, before we go, children five and older are eligible for the COVID-19 vaccine. The vaccine is the best tool we have to reduce the chances of getting sick with COVID-19. COVID-19 vaccine can reduce the risk of being hospitalized, dying from the disease, Safe, free, highly effective COVID-19 vaccines are available throughout Arizona. Visit azhealth.gov slash find vaccine for a location near you. So,
0: my man, what time's your flight? Uh, we leave at noon tomorrow. So I'm uh, going to go over here to get some Cafe Du Monde tomorrow morning with some uh, some chicory coffee and uh, some powdered uh, beignets. And then uh, we'll, oh. hit the, we'll hit the flight, baby.
1: Frank knows about that Southern food. I know a lot about that Southern food. I'm a little disappointed. So when you get back, we go to a spot called Baby K's, all off of Dobson. It's got that cuisine, gumbo, et- etouffee, baguettes. Oh, excuse me. Yeah, that. It's, it's, Notice it's, it's how it's I wasn't invited nice. to the to this. I said, no, no, this is a group Johnny, conversation.
0: you live. This is Johnny, a group conversation, over, man. We got to, <laughs> like, if we set a reservation for seven, we got to make sure that you leave the house by four just to get in. <laughs> man. Like, that ain't our fault.
2: <laughs> we got some good people here. They just want to eat at their Denny's, man. Don't hold it against them. They just want—they <laughs> they just want their IHOP and their Denny's. We do have a Dutch Bros, but yeah, man, it's—it's it's hard. It's hard living down here. You bros living out with Tukey, you know. I, I'm trying to get there. I'm trying to reach out up that dirt road that I live down, 20 minutes
1: out. Enough, guys, buddy. But soon enough, brother. Soon I'm enough. still. All, you, you still can go. Well, I, I'll come pick you up. We're banging, or we'll grab. Uh, we will me and Saul will grab some. Uh, grab some gumbo, and then we'll bring it out to the. We'll bring it out to uh, oh, yeah. North New Mexico.
2: Yeah. There you, go. There you we, go. We don't have a Target or Trader Joe's, but we do have a casino in Maricopa, basically the same thing. But be sure to like, subscribe, leave a five-star review. We're get your podcasts. Uh, Saul, so safe travels, my man. Frank, I Thank will you. see you tomorrow. Yes. And, uh, yeah, we'll back back tomorrow at 3 o'clock. Thanks, everybody. See you then.